You're listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. Hello, we're back. Sophia Lemon and Petro on the Double Exposure Show. This is episode 30. How exciting. Um, if you want to find the show notes for this episode, go to doubleexposure.show slash episodes slash 30 and join the conversation in our community on Facebook on the Double Exposure Show group. And we're back. Yeah. That's always exciting. Although I feel like we were just talking yesterday. It, what a funny, what a funny feeling. You have. <laughs> in a, in a yeah. similar manner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining the class, by the way. That was really, really good. You're welcome. Um, they they really enjoyed it, actually. They thought it was one of the more productive classes uh, and definitely one where we didn't do too much. But, um, yeah, having you call in was, was really good. Uh, yeah. I think it was a little bit of uh, an insight from a professional perspective into what the future is going to look like. And these were the first-year students, so they got a taste of... Uh, something to look forward to and hopefully they're going to work hard to get there yeah. right kind of learn from other people's mistakes so well if you want to briefly explain uh, what we did <laughs> what did we do so i well you <laughs> called me i guess and yes, then some yeah. of your first years asked some questions and i attempted to answer them <clears throat> um yeah and i think we're going to sorry it was a great attempt. Yeah, thank you. I think we're going to re-answer <laughs> some of those questions in a later episode. Yeah, we'll do it in the up. Ep- yeah, mm-hmm. sounds good. Um, and then we also did a call with the second years, which uh, we talked a little bit about uh, web presence and uh, SEO and things like that. And I figured it would be a great opportunity to actually talk about that today. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> since we didn't really get too much interaction with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you expect? You know, they're at the end of their second year. They know everything. So they're ready. We should be asking them questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, um, yeah. What's new, Sophia? Like, anything new and exciting other than, you know, our conversation yesterday? Um, it was Easter and I ate a whole bunch of Ferrero Rocher eggs. Did you know that Ferrero Rocher makes eggs? Only because you posted it on Facebook. Yeah. Like I saw the bowl and I was like, uh, (laughs) what do these taste like? Because you know what Ferrero Rocher are like and you know what chocolate eggs are like. So I was like, are they like Ferrero Rocher or is Ferrero Rocher now making, um, you know, just plain old chocolate eggs? And then I bit into one. I was like, oh my God, it's delicious. (laughs) It's like a little Ferrero Rocher, like piece of heaven and i thought that i would eat them super quickly but i didn't we should redo the intro on this episode we reviewed the fairy rocher easter oh, eggs yeah so good <laughs> they lasted until the next day but i definitely finished them at breakfast yesterday morning so nice and now i feel like i'm going through withdrawal like i really want chocolate eggs thankfully not a whole lot of i'm convinced that they up in the house so that's good yeah i'm convinced they put things in them so that you eat more some sort of heroin or cocaine type substance that's 
quite addictive. Well, I was talking to my friend about diet and how you would think that our bodies would crave the things that we need. And once you get them, you would stop eating them. But somehow chips, like the texture and the saltiness, you just can't stop eating them. And it's the crunchiness. I know, but healthy food doesn't have that same crunch, right? So you'd think that our bodies would no. crave carrots and celery. And and, I mean, I, my body definitely craves meat textures, but that's not the same thing. Like I eat meat and then I've had enough, right? So I would think that it would yeah. be the same thing with chips. Like I get the salt and then I'm done. <laughs> hmm. But no. No, I, that's why I'm convinced that there's some sort of substance that's be, that all our food is being laced with so that we can, uh, can't eat just one, you know? Yes, salt. But I'm no expert. <laughs> Although I got to admit, I am, I am an expert in uh, needing good nutrition and, uh, you know, eating well because having to eat well rather, because, uh, if I have a long day of shooting and the night before, um, I didn't eat well or I didn't sleep well or something, uh, I'm a wreck the next day, yeah. you know, <clears throat> like that it ruin it ruins my day. It ruins my creativity a little bit. Do you want to um, know a so, secret? Yeah. So I ended up in Emerge on sunday <laughs> oh beauty yeah i know um so i told you i was sick a few weeks ago yeah and i took some drugs and they sucked um and it's just kind of been lingering and then there's been some severe pain so i went into emerge and it'll be fine but like it has come to my attention that if i don't take good care of myself my body will rebel <laughs> Yeah, that's, um, that's exactly in it. In a very dramatic way. So like, now, oh, great. I'm learning now that I really have to take good care of myself. And normally, <laughs> well, normally it's, you know, I eat well and I exercise. Um, so that's great. But, you know, I got sick and I took some drugs that damaged my immune system. And then my body went, uh, we're just getting shut down for a little while. <laughs> Well, so, and it's yeah. funny because you, you kind of owe it to your clients to be there for them. And I luckily know. it's not like a busy wedding season or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. And on the vice versa, you owe it to yourself because you rely on, you know, income and just well-being to kind of stay focused. Yeah. yeah. That being so. said, I just published, when we, when we published this episode, I will have published this article yesterday on my LinkedIn about getting away mm -hmm. from screen time. I'm probably going to share it on our Facebook group. It's a good idea. Um, yeah, just diminishing screen time because spending as much time in front of a computer screen as we do as photographers mm. or in front of your phone or whatever, like it's not good for you. Like my eyes burn and if I'm on my phone before bed, I can't sleep. And yeah. yeah. What's, what's, what I find funny is a lot of people who take a break from screen time like I've talked about this to some colleagues and so when they take break from screen time they take a break from their computer and they go and watch TV or they go on right. their phone and uh, because we, we literally talked about this they're like yeah I'm just taking a break resting my eyes I can't edit and I'm like why are you on your phone texting me then <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> yeah I specifically <laughs> talked about that in the article it's it's specifically about taking a break from screen time so maybe I'm listening to a podcast instead of watching TV or going for yeah. my walks, um, also yeah, there's to other podcasts. ways to stimulate your brain, even, uh, believe it, believe it or not. Um, this is something that's very therapeutic and actually helps. And it's kind of a advice for everybody, not just photographers, but, um, if you, if you do need to take a break from screen time, um, go and cook 
like do prep yeah. for the yeah, yeah, for yeah. the day or the next day or or the next week or something. Even if it's like 4 p.m. and supper's not for like three hours, whatever, go and cook something. Go and like chop vegetables, like literally get your brain thinking in a different algorithm. Um, and it's, it's extremely therapeutic. Like uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't even explain it. And it's funny, I cut the bu- bug for it when I used to work in a restaurant when I was uh, like in high school and after high school. Um, I made it all the way up to sous chef position where uh, where I worked, and um, part of uh, moving up was uh, doing a lot of prep work. So Saturday mornings we would spend doing prep work, and I'm telling you, like th- those days, I felt amazing. Like it, just something about chopping veggies, cooking. And, I, I can't explain it, but it was uber therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Now on the flip side, if if you you know. If you burn microwave popcorn, <laughs> that might not be the best place for you. Well, um, I mean, learn how to cook. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. Uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, there was a sponsored ad or somebody shared a meme or whatever, but it was Gordon Ramsay, how he... Uh, interacts with adults and how he interacts with children hmm. <laughs> and oh if i find it i'll share it okay um, good because i have not seen this <laughs> it goes back and forth and he's like i guess he has some kind of uh cooking show with kids um where he consoles them and he's like oh don't cry everything's gonna be okay and and then it cuts to the adults and he's like you fuck off you fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> i love gordon ramsay he's yeah. he's my idol he's hilarious um, I, I just wish I could approach uh, photography classes like that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my inner instructor right there. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm not. I don't have a whole lot of patience for teaching people necessarily. I guess I guess it's when people are like, no, I can't do that because of this, or I can't do that because of this, mm-hmm. or I can't do that because of this. No, I don't care why you can't do it. I want to know why you can do it or how you can do it like yeah there's definitely an approach to that and you're right it does take a lot of patience and i have a weird fascination with um when people start from nothing and they get somewhere uh, it's really really rewarding and i really enjoy it so which brings me to a point where um kind of reinforces why we're doing this, uh, why we're even doing the podcast. And we made it to 30 episodes now, you know. Yep. That's that's a big milestone for some. Uh, it is for me, definitely. I didn't know where we'd be 30 weeks later, so to speak. So Holy but, crumbs. It's Well, not 30 weeks, 29 weeks, because we did that 29 episode. 29 weeks, that's right. But that's still a lot. That's like part of a baby uh, right there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well... Funny enough, Hannah's 29 weeks along, so um, <laughs> we're, we're kind of doing, yeah, right? So, um, yeah, first week of July, there may not be a podcast episode, so we, or we might have to record a little early. Yeah, we'll record, <laughs> when we get closer to then, we'll record a bunch of them so you can have, like, dad time. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I'm, I'm only, I'm wondering what it's going to be like with a baby. So I feel like you and Hannah are to. going to treat it as a way to get away from the baby and relax. So like <laughs> you're going to fight over who's going to, um, host the podcast that week yeah. because like <laughs> I want two hours away from the screaming child. You take them. <laughs> I'm going to host a podcast. <laughs> so 
you should write an article uh, that kind of goes along with, you know, taking a break from screen time. And maybe I'll write the article and it'll be taking a break from screen time. Nice. <laughs> That's a good so, one. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't have any kids and I'm also not in a relationship. So I get to write <laughs> all of my articles from the perspective of there you go. a single person. However, I mean, no one yell at me because I don't know because I'm single and don't have kids. Um, <laughs> you have terrified me of having kids it does not sound like fun <laughs> yeah i well, totally it, it, believe you that it is exhausting i don't need a lecture <laughs> yeah it's funny it's not just kids that that people talk about like this you know ask somebody ask a professional photographer today like uh, hey you know what's the industry like i really want to get into this and nobody has positive things to say like they'll talk about themselves like it's like really good and they love the industry but you ask yeah. somebody you know you you literally say hey i want to join the industry um I'm who's, who's calling to, you who's well, calling you who's calling who is it <laughs> i don't even know oh just some client perhaps i'm not <laughs> sure i just send it to voicemail hopefully they leave a voicemail uh, anyways the the train of thought has left the station Sorry. but no that's okay uh but when you ask somebody uh about the industry they always they always tend to and this is what I was trying to say earlier before we got talking about kids and whatnot. Uh, but when you when you ask anybody in the industry, you know, what they think they, that you want to join, there's very few people that are actually very encouraging. Everybody kind of talks about it in a negative light. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of part of the reason why we're doing what we're doing, because we're trying to share positive experiences. We're trying to encourage people and trying to get them you know to see it in a positive way uh, because there is there is a bright side to this and if you work hard you can actually achieve uh, the status of you know working full-time which is one of the things we covered yesterday in class uh, you know how do you get to working full-time as a photographer um, without having to have a full-time job first yeah. right because there's that fine balance uh, at what point do you decide to quit that job or or even at what point do you decide, okay, I need a job. I can't do this. Right. So, uh, that's the question that I always uh, get. And, uh, because we talked a little bit about web yesterday, uh, I figured, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit more about it on this episode and talk about, um, some kind of do's and don'ts for website and SEO and whatnot. So we're going to share with you some of our tricks, I guess you can't even really call them tricks, but some, some, know-hows and how-tos and guidelines <laughs> and <laughs> yeah so yeah uh but where does one start um you know by now everybody probably has a website and there are so many choices out there um, oh my goodness but well, before we start on it i guess i always hear from people who so like i got into photography because i was doing websites so i have a different experience than a lot of people mm -hmm. so it was like really pretty easy for me to develop a website, although I probably spend too much time on it. <laughs> probably. Um, but I always hear from people who aren't web developers and are just photographers are like, oh, I need to work on my website. I need to work on my website. My website isn't done. It doesn't look nice. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like chill. <laughs> so there's, how long does it, how long should it take to make a website really? It doesn't have to take you very long. And I think what I'm going to say throughout this whole episode is simplify. 
Your website does not need to be complicated. You mm-hmm. don't need to visit 20 billion photographers' websites and be like, I want to include that element, and I want to include that element, and I want animations everywhere, and I want yeah. um, scrolling galleries and slideshows and music. Just yeah. relax. <laughs> so, um, well, let's it, approach it from from a perspective where, uh, from two perspectives, somebody who has a website and wants to improve it and somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. have a website. So let's start with somebody who doesn't have a website yeah. and they want to have a website. They want to get a website. Um, my recommendation is the same as yours. Don't go out there and make a shopping list of things you want to have on your website, yeah. uh, but rather just start with something that is uh, going to work, that is unique. Now, if you are, have zero desire to keep your website updated and do it yourself, definitely hire somebody. There are very few talented. There's lots of people who are doing it. There's a very few talented people that are doing it. Um but uh, hiring a really good web developer, website designer, will actually um, probably be the, the best solution for you if you want to have nothing, if you do not want to involve yourself. However, it's still recommended that you familiarize yourself with how websites work, um, especially if you do a blog. You know, It's better for you to just post a blog, lay out the photos how you want and then write it from your perspective than to constantly pay a copywriter to give you some copy and to send it all to the web designer to update your website. You know, I, I really do think you, sh- you should learn how to do it, especially the technical people that we are, you know, working with Photoshop, working with Lightroom, knowing the kind of how things work. Um, you definitely need to kind of understand how your website functions. Yep. Well, and so we're visual people. So, and I thought this, we did web development in Fanshawe. <clears throat> we all built our own website and we're visual people. We should be able to look at a website and be like, that looks good or bad. That's right. Um, and yeah, I, I have to say a lot of my classmates did not have visually appealing websites. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and in this case, again, it's mostly simplify. Um, and that's just it. I th- I, sorry to interrupt, but I think a lot of it had to do with the instruction because uh, they were shown how to do everything, and so they decided to implement everything. Yeah. And then you you know what I mean. You you have a very limited, um, or rather, yeah, a very limited uh, space uh, real estate. So if you yeah. try to cram too much on one page or try to use everything you just learned. It's not going to be simple. So yeah, yeah. definitely minimize, mini- very minimalist, right? Yeah. Like clean, bright, or dark yeah. if that's your style. Yeah. But um, Actually, I think that's the number one mistake people make <laughs> is they, they choose like really dark websites, yeah. um, like black and uh, Please don't do, of... yeah, please don't do black with white text on it. It hurts. Yeah. It's not pleasant <laughs> to read. So, but um, I, I won't interrupt anymore. Well, I just wanted to start out with like, okay, you have nothing. So where do you start? So Mm -hmm. you could start with something like Squarespace. If you don't want to work too hard on your website, Squarespace is probably a good place to go. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You'll be able to pick themes. It's drag and drop. It's pretty easy that way. Both Petro and I use WordPress and we use themes. So Mm -hmm. themes that someone else created, we bought them. And Mm -hmm. this gives us like a lot of control over our websites. Like we can 
um, use all of the elements that are included with the theme, but also basically customize it in any way that we want. Um, so that's why we use WordPress. But if you really are not interested in all at customizing that much, then go with Squarespace and it'll look it'll look good and it'll mm -hmm. fu function well. <clears throat> and Squarespace <laughs> offers like uh, its own hosting. So exactly. when it's a subscription based service. So when you when you purchase a Squarespace su subscription, you're paying for a hosting and you get the domain name for free, I believe. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong. I would have to look yeah, into I think that. So. We should have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, with WordPress, uh, it's slightly different. I mean, you can actually go to the WordPress. Now there are two, there are two sides to WordPress. There's the free <laughs> WordPress website that's on wordpress.com mm -hmm. and that gives you a subdomain to wordpress.com. So like it would be, for example, sophialemon.wordpress.com. Yeah. And that is not a true website and that doesn't yeah, really allow you to, um, customize it too much or use some of the themes what you need is actually a hosting account um, that will allow you to install wordpress and install the theme so this is where a little bit of knowledge you know you're going to need a little bit of uh tech knowledge if you will but yeah, or assistance you can have as, someone yeah. help you set it up so <clears throat> you just you would get a hosting account from like GoDaddy probably would be the recommendation from both from most people. I would recommend Bluehost. I've had really good luck with Bluehost. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm elsewhere as well. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter really for you of what's easiest. Um, so we're not going to focus so much on the hosting stuff and like mm. Squarespace and stuff. We're going to talk more about the actual design of your website and how to make sure people are coming to it and how to make sure people yeah. are contacting you. But um, if you really don't want to get into it, go to Squarespace or hire someone to do it for you. Um, yeah. but Since we're on the topic of other uh, options, uh, are there any options you would suggest not to use? Um, I think... Like Wix comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, I think really... I've seen good websites with... Wix. I feel like most people who use it do it because it's free and it yeah. ends up not looking very good. You can build a nice looking website with it. I mean, you can use it professionally, but um, I just find people don't end up doing a very good job. From personal experience uh, with uh, working with other photographers who had Wix, they ended up having to pay for Wix. Yep. Um, and by the time you do that, you might as well go to Squarespace because yep. it's actually simpler yep. and it works a little bit better. I, I just find Wix is And very you know what? Squarespace confusing. treats their clients really well too. So there is the That's customer service. Know. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So, so moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're going to attempt WordPress and you have no um, web development um, experience, Find a friend who does and have them help mm -hmm. you or you're probably going to need to pay someone to set it up for you. Um, yeah. Okay, next. Your website, I feel like there's like three things that you need. So you need a gallery page for the services that you provide. If you do weddings, mm -hmm. you want a weddings page. If you do engagements, you want an engagements page. If you do... <clears throat> graduate photos, you want a grads page, you might want a studio page, you might want a pets page, children, um, corporate, what else? Mm -hmm. Commercial. But at the same time, less is more. Uh, I yeah, feel like I mean... if you have too many galleries, <laughs> it, 
you know, like just because you do so much, you know, uh, you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? So only put your strongest images, but also, you know, if if your if your real estate uh, game is strong, but the houses you're photographing are just crap based on, you know, what's selling at the time or whatever. Um, you may not want to put that on your website. Yeah. And I, I would recommend if you're a wedding photographer, but you do real estate on the side, don't mix the two together. I yeah. I would say keep them separate for the simple fact that um, your real estate clients don't care. <laughs> they don't care that you do weddings. No, they and they don't. don't really care that you have a website too much. Um, but your wedding clients, they might, be turned off from your from your services if you all of a sudden put a gallery full of you know like interiors um it's just you know subconsciously they might think oh this this guy is kind of like you know jack of all trades master of none perhaps or um that's not really the lifestyle um rather the the style of photography i'm after mm-hmm. i really wanted like a just a true wedding professional and it all stems from ignorance like the client doesn't know any better yeah. but on the subconscious level that that's what they're going that's exactly what they're going to think so yeah. um how many images are you know what's the right amount of images to have in a gallery okay so i have actually just changed how i do it on my website um and well, I, I wanted to add on to that. Yeah, you should, you have a focus. I know a bunch of people are going to be like, well, I can't have a focus. I do all of it. Well, you have, you know, the one thing that brings in most of your income. So mm-hmm. most of my income comes from weddings. So weddings are the first gallery on my website. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, families are the Here's second. Here's my take on this. Um, sorry to interrupt again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to interrupt you all day today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my take on this. Um, your website's job is to bring in new clients. It's yeah. not to showcase your portfolio to your current clients or other professionals, right? Your job is to bring in new clients. So uh, you have to show your potential clients what you can do, what you're capable of, and give them the information and the tools to get in touch with you. So yeah. if just what you said, Sophia, if the majority of your income is from weddings, then focus on promoting yourself as a wedding photographer. Even if you're not, um, our studio, we do, I'd say maybe 25, 30% weddings mm-hmm. is our income, but you wouldn't know that by looking at our website, you'd be like, okay, this is a wedding photographer only. Right. Well, um, and, and it, so there are some caveats to this, which is like commercial photography. You're not really going to book commercial, um, clients, by them Googling you and going to your website. Exactly. You're absolutely right. The only time it's worked for me was when the photographer, rather the art director is in the US and their client is in, let's say London or Toronto area. And they Google, okay, London, Ontario photographer. And, you know, I come up, then they call me. They're like, okay, we're, we're from this agency. We need this and this. And that's, that's actually how I got, uh, TJX as a client, which is, uh, Wainer's home sense, uh, Marshall's. Um, I think you even came out on one of the shoots with me. Yeah. (laughs) And so we, um, I, I've done, I did a lot of shoots for them for a couple of years, uh, because 
some of their new concept stores were in uh, London, actually. So there's a lot of things, a lot of aspects that needed to be photographed. And it was a lot cheaper to hire me and pay my day rate than to fly somebody else in. But mm -hmm. that's the only thing I could think of. Like the, the guy didn't care what my images looked like. He just wanted to know if I'm available and how much I, I would cost. So um, anyways, moving on. Right. Um, so, well, with your, with your gallery, you asked how many photos to show. Um, basically as few as possible. No one is coming to your website, clicking on your wedding gallery, scrolling through 50 photos and then contacting you. They will probably come to your website and then leave or they will come to your website, look at like three to five photos and then contact you. Um, so I would say like a really good gallery could have 10 photos or less in mm -hmm. it. And these are your absolute best photos. Um, beyond that, you really want to be pushing them to your contact page. So that's the other important page is your contact page. It should be easily accessible. There should be an easy contact form on it. And that is with as few fields as possible. So for example, name, email address, phone number, details. That's um, it. Yeah. Like a, a yeah. field for a message. If you I require too much mm -hmm. information from your clients, they will just leave. They don't want to fill out a form. <laughs> yeah. well, or they just won't fill it out. You know, so if you make it mandatory, it'll, it'll be frustrating. Um, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think you lose a lot of business. Like if you have work and that, that you need, or rather, if you have work that sh speaks for itself and the client needs a photographer, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they are going to contact you. But yeah, name, email, phone number, and a field for a message that's yeah. all you need. And in so, my case, the phone number is not even mandatory. So I actually use that um, to weed out clients who will not be right for me. So I require a phone number because I want to be able to text and call my clients. Mm -hmm. I am going to have a consultation with them before they book me. My clients are not booking me over email without having ever spoken to me. So I require a phone number. And if people don't want to put in their phone number and instead want to leave, they are not the right clients for me. Um, I also have a drop down which lets people pick what their services are. So that also kind of weeds out the wrong people um, because it sort of shows my most popular uh, services. Mm -hmm. um, so they pick a service and then there's additional information that they can add. In the case of weddings, for example, wedding date, location. So nothing too complicated and that's sort of information that you want to have. Um, right. but you don't, if you're like really paranoid about bringing in more contacts, um, just, um, just do name, email address and details. That's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> so that's your contact page. Again, it should be easily accessible. You should also have an about page. Absolutely. That's, and, that's key. I think. Yeah. And that's about you. Like, I really like to see photos of the photographer on that page. Mm -hmm. And I think that you should get reasonably into detail about who you are, why you do what you do, and how you do it. Without um, sounding really cheesy or pretentious. <laughs> yeah, sound like I've, I've yourself. I've read some really bad uh, about me. Now, here's my question yeah. for you. What yes. What's your opinion? Do you do it from first person perspective or third person perspective? I do my entire website from first person perspective because my brand is Sophia Lemon. That's me, a human being. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't do we. 
mm-hmm. or whatever. I talk. Well, even we is myself. first person. I'm talking about she or they. Yeah, no. Right. And that's, that's, that's kind of one of my biggest pet peeves, I think. When you're branding yourself as uh, a brand, <laughs> when you are Sophia <laughs> Lemon or, you know, whoever, yeah. um, the, the key is to be able to have a personal connection, you know. So the minute you start talking in third person, you kind of disconnect and now it becomes more of um, less of a, a por- about me, less of a portfolio website. It becomes more of like a review, you know. And yep. <clears throat> people don't really care about stuff like that. People don't really want to read that on your website. So yeah. my favorite is when uh, a photographer will have an about me button. You click on it and it will be like, uh, Sophia started photography when she was only 10 years old. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, let's, they should say about her, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know? So my, my advice is to definitely do it from first person. Um, we do it because we're, a, our brand is Lux Photography Company. Uh, we do it from first person perspective, but in terms of we, so, uh, we are available to photograph your wedding. We do this, yeah. we do that. And right? but, even in that case, you can get more specific so you could have a profile for hannah and a profile for yourself absolutely and you could write either of those in first person or not in that case it um, would be in first person actually yeah uh, it would be like i would probably I'm recommend hannah. it be in first person mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be like if you have a big team no one is going to be super turned off by not writing in first person agreed if you have like if you have like three to five different profiles um mm-hmm. but to be honest, no one is going to be reading that page. So <laughs> very few people are going to your about page, but it's it's important that you Do you know who I it, find so. visits your website and kind of analyzes it the most? You. Well, besides you, besides the person who creates it. Who? Your competition? Yeah, other photographers. <laughs> <laughs> like, rarely do my clients point out anything about my website. As a matter of fact, yeah. I, I, at the end of the episode, remind me if you can to share um, my approach to it. And I do not recommend anybody doing this. So <laughs> I'll just r- r- make a note here and we'll kind of go from there. But um, so, but I think the most important page that you have is your home page. Um, if you have heard anything about a splash screen, forget about a splash screen. Yeah, so no splash the things pages. That y- yeah, the things that you need on your home page are like your best photo. It can be one photo. Um, and either a contact button, but I would even go further than that and say, have a forum on your homepage. Most people will come see one photo and send you an email. Um, they're probably not going to go to your gallery and then go to your contact page. They're, they're not going to go read all about you on your about page and then go to the contact page. Um, so if you can put a simple contact forum on your homepage and some good images and be done with it, <laughs> you should have some appealing text on there as well. But <clears throat> So my question to you is this, how do you feel about videos, especially um, video about the photographer? So like a, a 60 second, you know, like a one to two minutes at the most uh, video that's kind of like an intro video. Yeah, that's cool. They're a great way to, you know, share who you are with your clients. And again, um, well, not again, I guess I haven't said this yet. <clears throat> it is important that you're, it, you know, describing who you are, why you do what you do. Um, 
because that will appeal to, you know, leads and clients over time. I don't think it should be on your homepage necessarily. I think if anyone watches a 60 second video from start to finish, they'll probably leave after they're done because they kind of forget <laughs> why they're doing what they're doing. Um, uh, yeah, but they're cool. I would for sure like make one and then share it on social media and stuff. It's, it's yeah, I, I, I honestly think 60 seconds is like the, the magic number. It's long. It is long, <laughs> but I think it's like the magic number. Like you don't really want to go over that. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. Like 60 seconds is long. So if you're doing like five minutes, no, yeah. stop. <laughs> it's too long. No one's watching it. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and, and I've seen some really long ones that are like really, really good. Um, and you, you see a lot of, like, you want to watch it because it's really well done. Like the cinematography in it is fantastic. So kudos mm-hmm. to that. But I've never, I've never been able to make it past like the four and a half minute mark. You yeah. Know? So, and, and funny enough, um, being my, my past life, uh, I was a musician. I was a studio musician. I spent a lot of time in a studio recording with a lot of different recording artists and, it would be funny sitting down with some of them who would have a five minute song and they would rack their brain, try to figure out how to cut it down to three and a half minutes, you know, 335, because the songs that are shorter get played more. And that's just kind of how we are. I mean, I think we we're trained to have a short attention span and that that's kind of the silly thing. So and, and funny enough, one of the most popular songs out there is, I think it's like two minutes long. It's a song that keeps getting played regardless of where it is on the chart. Um, and I forget who it's by. Um, but any time that a radio station needs to fill time, um, they basically squeeze it in. And, you know, so they're like, okay, we have two minutes left at the end of our, at the end of our show. What do we do? Oh, put this song in. <laughs> um Anyways, that that's kind of irrelevant. But the the funny thing is, is that because we have such short attention spans, it, it, it goes across all kinds of media, you know, music, music videos, especially. And as a matter of fact, the, the whole point I was trying to make is if you watch music videos, like if you've seen music videos, a lot of them are actually not the original song. Yeah. You know, so like one of my favorite artists, uh, I Mother Earth, um, their songs can go on from five to seven minutes, but their videos are all like three to four minutes long and they cut out like the entire middle section and they'll just splice it together. And you don't even know the difference, right? Not that people watch music videos anymore, but it, it kind of relates to that, you know? So here's a, here's a group of people who figured out the psychology of uh, the human interaction with media and you know they realized okay you can't stay engaged to one thing for a long time so using that philosophy hey 30 seconds one minute keep it short keep it sweet keep it production quality though right like don't just oh yeah it has to be good (laughs) but on on another perspective if it's not like an if it's not a video that's going on your website if you're doing kind of like weekly um video <clears throat> not not podcasts what are we calling them like video things like live video. like live videos yeah those do not yeah. need production value at all you can yeah. just use your cell phone in dimly lit room and those are perfectly fine but yeah for first impressions on your website definitely a, a wicked video can help a lot yeah moving um, on <laughs> okay i can really so, get off on the tangent i know <laughs> that's fine um so yeah 
keep your website pretty basic. Okay, we're going to get into some SEO now, and I'm a little bit concerned about how this is going to go because it's complicated, and this is probably what everyone wants to know about. Um, how I do I bring more people to my website? Yeah. Okay. What does SEO um, stand for anyways? Search engine optimization. And now forget that we just told you that. So don't go and Google this and like read all of those articles that say yeah. SEO is the most important thing about your website. That is false. <laughs> the most important thing about your website is that people are contacting you. So if you have spectacular SEO and 20,000 people are coming to your website every month, but no one is contacting you, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Your website is not working. Mm -hmm. um, so we already said you want to have a simple contact form and you want that to be easily accessible from your homepage. Your homepage is going to be pretty. It's going to have some nice appealing text for your clients. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you, yeah, you want them to basically immediately contact you. <clears throat> okay, so beyond that, how do you make sure that people are finding your website? So, all right, search engines rank websites on a few criteria. We aren't going to get too in-depth with that, but we're going to give you some tips on how to make sure Google likes your website. It's all about Google liking your website. Yes. Yeah, yeah basically. So Google will like your website the more often it's up. Well, not the more often it's updated, but if you update your website regularly, Google will like it. So um, there is a really easy way to do this. You've probably seen photographers do this. They blog their shoots. That is basically the easiest way to update your website regularly. So that's why you have a blog. And that's why I recommend that you host your blog on your um, on your actual business website. Like don't put it somewhere else. Right. Like don't have a website and then have a WordPress.com blog. Yeah, or, or even like a blogger or whatever. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Keep host it your on own your blog. website. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, okay, what else? Keywords—they're pretty pretty important. You should have the basic keywords on your website, like photography, photographer, location-based keywords um, for the areas that you service, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and for any services that you provide. Include them in your website. But don't go overboard so that your website reads like a list. Mm -hmm. You can't you overdo it, it and, and it's yeah. and I've you seen want, it. Yeah. You want it to read like you're a human being and all of the sentences were intentional. Okay. So beyond that, I recommend that you set your website up with Google Analytics and Google Webmaster Tools. Which is now called um, uh, yeah, Search Console, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what this is going to do is it's going to help you track um, how many people are coming to your website, how many people are converting, and also give you an overview of keywords for your website and how they are performing mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what I also like about um, analytics is it will tell you, you where your uh, customers are coming from. So, uh, yeah. you know, if you're attracting a lot of traffic from Texas and you're a photographer in Kamloops, BC. Um, yeah, not so good. It's not working. Do something about yeah. it, you know, figure out yeah. why it's happening. And that's what I really yeah. like analytics about because it's really neat. But it, like for some reason, I have a lot of international 
uh, attention. Uh, I don't know if <laughs> the word lux means something in other languages, which I know it does, but I'm talking about uh, like yesterday I had a visitor from Brazil, India, Singapore, and so US. So I have... Yeah, I have a suggestion. Um, I would imagine there are other Lux photography companies elsewhere in the world. So people are probably Googling and seeing yours. Um, but yeah, that is a good point. You can you can see where people are coming from and how they're coming to you. So they could be coming from Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you, Wherever you else, mentioned Google updating your website <laughs> regularly is a, is a key, and I agree with you. So, what? How regular do you have to update your website? I mean, how often, rather? Um, what would you suggest? As, Once a week, as regularly as possible, without losing your mind. Okay. Or sorry, as often as possible often, without yeah. losing your mind. That's, that's <laughs> the word I was looking for. So, yeah. would you say so, once a week is example, enough, or is it too much? That is a good solid number. I don't think you need to do more than once a week. I don't do once a week now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I find that a lot of photographers, you know, at the end of wedding season, they're like, oh my God, I haven't blogged in a while. They put together all of their wedding blogs and they publish them all at once. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, put together all of your wedding blogs, sure, in slow season and then slowly trickle them out. So s publish them, you know, once every week or whatever, spread them out. Um, okay. Yeah. Even the, the, I wrote a note about this, you know, what do you do in the off season? Because, you know, once with the winter comes around or might, if you're, if you're focusing on weddings, you may not have any weddings to blog about. So this is a great opportunity yeah. to, to do, uh, kind of wedding related posts, you know, uh, yep. review a venue that you've been to. Just, just talk about mm -hmm. a venue that, that you really liked, that you really liked shooting, uh, and include photos from a couple of different uh, uh, mm -hmm. weddings that you shot there. And then uh, share that with the venue, like share it on their Facebook yep. page. And worst thing that can happen is, you know, you'll get a little bit more traffic. Um, <laughs> but you could potentially impress somebody and the venue might all of a sudden be like, oh man, this person's really cool. They're like talking about us. Let's talk about them. Right. So whether they reciprocate on their blog or their website or Facebook or just in person when people come to their venue and they say, you know what, um, Sophia Lemon does really good work here. Like she blogged about the, really liking this venue. Here's, you know, here's perhaps her contact info or her card or, you know, mm -hmm. but also I find that when people do search for the venue, like if you are a wedding photographer and they search for Owen Sound uh, Palace for Weddings. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a really good chance that your blog will come up, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're potentially actually kind of piggybacking on other businesses, which, which can yeah. be great. Um, that's one suggestion. Another suggestion is um, I wouldn't go in depth for equipment review, but you can talk a little bit about why you like a certain piece of equipment, you know? Um, and again, think about your target audience. And, but then include like really pretty portraits. Like for me, I really like my 85 millimeter lens. So I can just not be a nerd about it, but kind of say, you know, uh, it's time to kind of take a break. Um, whatever. I'm grateful for so many things. And especially this lens, I really like this lens. Here's some portraits that I shot with it from this past wedding season. And now mm -hmm. you can have a collection of those portraits. <clears throat> and yeah. now it serves like as amazing portfolio. Now in yeah. there, you'll be, you'll be talking about bride, wedding, 
photography and those keywords will help you in searches as well so yeah. not all is lost so you, you don't need to be sitting there going oh no what am i going to do i have no weddings to blog about i have no photo shoots mm -hmm. to blog about sophia you do an extremely good job with like um uh, some of the tools that you provide, like, uh, what to wear and, uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, like how to prepare for this, for, for this or that. And that's, that's also a great idea to blog about. Um, yeah. now I had, do have a question. Like, go ahead. Blog, blog, useful things like blog <coughs> things that these people can use. It'll make you an expert in your area. That's really appealing mm -hmm. to your clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally recommend that. Um, is there such a thing as blogging too much? Um, yeah, when it's taking you away from actual paying clients. Roger. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, I wanted to get to the, to the next part with Google. Yes, sorry. Okay, Google Plus slash Google for Business or whatever it's called. Um, you should register your business with Google Plus. You should have a business page. It should be location-based. I know a lot of photographers are probably like, well, I live, I work from home and I don't want people to have my address. Mm -hmm. That's fine. With Google for Business or whatever it's flipping called. <laughs> yeah. What is it called? Google Business I think it's called pages just Google or business. whatever. I, I, I honestly uh. think it's just Google Pages. Or Google okay, Business. we're going to look this up. They change their names so That's, often. I know. It's really frustrating. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. <clears throat> okay, so it's a brand account. You want to have a brand account. Brand account now, okay. And then, goodness, where? I'm, I'm Googling. I'm looking. Even <laughs> Webmaster Tools. I was so, I've been so used to calling it Webmaster Tools and it's now called Search Console. It's so confusing. It's like, yeah, am I in the right place? <laughs> is this the right thing? It's very confusing. What's more confusing is that, you know, like I taught it the last year and then I, I, I teach it a certain way. And then this year, like I, I'm just looking at my old notes mm -hmm. from the year before. Right. And now I, I'm learning a lot that I need to prepare like weeks beforehand <laughs> because mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be talking about something. I'll be like, oh, you just click here. It's in the top right corner. Nope. Google changed it again. <laughs> well, basically you're going to, I, I can't even find it. Like I cannot navigate Google anymore, but you're going to create a brand page mm -hmm. with Google plus verify your website. Um, you want to include your address, but you can hide your address. You want to be a physical location and the reason that you want to do that is because then you can collect reviews um <clears throat> and we'll get into reviews in a little bit more detail but you can hide your address so you can give google your address your physical address be a physical location on google um and then hide it or show that you service a larger area so that people can't like, you know, randomly show up at your house when you're in yeah. your sweatpants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anytime you and don't then want people you want... to just showing up at your house. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> um, so, and then you can start collecting reviews and reviews are going to be hugely important to your SEO because the more reviews you have, the more likely that Google is going to show your listing. Um, to people searching mm -hmm. 
for whatever keywords are associated with your website. Um, there are some other things that people will talk about with SEO, like um, link backs, and that's getting your link on other websites. Yes, this is important. Like the more websites you have linking back to yours, the better your SEO, <clears throat> according to Google. Um, but you know, Google is a lot more complicated than, than that. So they know the difference between good links and bad links. So you really want to focus on good links. So that means you're going to be focusing on local directories. So like your local chamber of commerce, or um, authoritative blogs um, in your industry. So you can get featured on like wedding blogs, for example, for weddings that you've photographed. Um, that will be good. And Google also knows the difference between good links and yeah. bad links, like like links that are hidden somewhere. Like don't go, don't be like link backs are going to solve all of my problems and then go buy links because those will appear on bad sites and Google will like stop showing you in search results. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is not necessarily something that you want to focus on. Like it's something that you want to go out and do when you're starting your business, starting your website, get a few links on local directories and stuff. Don't spend a huge amount of time on it. It's not where you should focus your time. Um, again, again, again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> The important part is not that people necessarily find your website. It's more important that when they find your website, they contact Absolutely. you. That's 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 the key. That's what we're trying to do, right? You're not you don't really need to care about winning awards with your website, you know, like Yeah. So so if if your competition has ten or sorry, a hundred people going to their website and like say well, 10 people are contacting them. You have 10 people going to your website and 10 people are contacting you. You're doing a lot Absolutely, better than yeah. they are. <laughs> you're winning the website race. <laughs> that's what it's all about is winning. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yep. Oh, that's too funny. Um, probably the quality of your clients will also be better because if only 10 people are responding, then they're not getting their ideal clients showing up at their website. So. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Um. What else do you have to say? Client galleries. What would you recommend? Plugins or third-party like, um, links? Like a proofing website? Yeah, like proofing websites for, for other, yeah. for, you know, for wedding um, photographers. I have played, I've, I've played around with hosting that myself. It was, not it was not a terrible experience, but it wasn't good for my clients or myself. So I use ShootProof mm -hmm. now. Um, you don't have to do client galleries. They do make weddings easier, but you can do in-person proofing. That is an option. See, or proofing books. That is another option. Um, so you don't have hmm. to do client galleries. Again, not something that you should necessarily be focusing on. That's kind of uh, um, the, the question that I get a lot. It's I recommend shoot proof to everybody. And people say, yeah, but when... I sent people away from my website. I sent them to shoot proof. Like, doesn't, doesn't that look bad? Yeah. You know? Well, you're not sending leads away exactly. from your website. You're sending your already existing clients away from your website. That's fine. Also, you can brand those things. So when you have your domain, for example, sophialemon.com, I, wait, 
let me check what it is. Um, hold, you talk. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna we're gonna listen <laughs> to you looking for things. Okay, to how I <laughs> yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I. I feel like I should be singing a song. <laughs> because because yeah, your 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 personal um, shootproof page is actually branded with your logo, your links. It's not like you go to shootproof. Yes, but on. And there's like a list of other photographers who use it, right? Yeah. Um, And on top of that, when I send a link to my clients, now that I have double checked, um, I have branded the domain. So it appears as proofs.sophialemon.com. So um, you can do things like that. So it doesn't look like you're sending them Mm -hmm. elsewhere. It doesn't look like you're sending them to shootproof.com slash Sophia Lemon slash whatever. But again, not really that big of a deal. Agreed. If that's, don't focus your energy there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hmm. Okay. One thing that you could try doing as well is creating landing pages for your website that are like, in my case, Owen Sound Photographer or Collingwood Wedding Photographer or whatever. Um, and on those pages, literally put like a couple photos and then a contact forum. So make it sort of like your homepage. You do not link to them from your homepage or from your menu or anything. You just leave them where they are. Google will know that they are there. And when people search for Collingwood Wedding Photographer, for example, um, that page will pop up. So they'll go there, they'll go to a page that is um, directly branded to what they were searching for. Just another option. Makes sense. Um, And always include calls to action. (laughs) Yeah. Ask for people's business. Say, ask for the sale. Yeah. Send me an email. Send me an email. So something we didn't really talk too much about in this episode, I know we covered it a little bit previously, but I want to kind of touch on it again is <clears throat> for people who do not have a website yet and are starting out and, you know, you're, I think you're, the number one priority is going to be, okay, well, I need a really cool domain name. And so uh, <laughs> a lot of people end up going with, you know, like johnsmithphotography.com if it's available. And if it's not available, they might go to like .ca or .org or .net or whatever. Whatever those things are out there. <clears throat> um, so there are also some... Uh, domains out there that are uh, like dot photography. How do you feel about the dot photography domains? <laughs> well, our domain is double exposure is dot show. Uh, yeah. Um, it really doesn't yeah. matter anymore. I have seen people and like I worked for an insurance company for a period of time. And so I've seen people search sophialemon.com in I know, Google. Which is amazing. Um, and come to my website. I have seen people search for the insurance company's domain in Google. Um, So people are probably going to Google you rather than, you know, go directly to your domain. Like the chances of people who don't know you are going directly to your domain are low. Agreed. Like really, really low. (laughs) So... Yeah, don't worry too much about your domain. It does not need to be fiveletters.com. It's, 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> in the past, it, it was a little bit more relevant uh, because the reason they're called top-level domains is because they actually got top-level attention from search engines. Um, the dot-com domains tended to, you know, appear more often. They 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 were perceived to be more relevant. Um, we've been doing business with a dot co. And there are some frustrations when people email you and they call you and they're like, sent you an email a week ago, what's up? And you're like, well, you didn't send me an email because I'm looking everywhere, I don't see it, so why don't you? Oh, and they send it to Yeah. I had a client call me and say, you know what, your business card is flawless, it's fantastic, it's great stock, it's thick, it's freaking amazing, but you spelled your website name wrong. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, it's luxphoto.co, it should be .com. I'm like, well, it should be you trying to go to it first before you're calling me. And he was like, mm-hmm. I had no idea that you can do .co, you know? Like, <laughs> you can do .ca, why not .co? Like, what's the difference? Yeah. And. Well, I have heard that people like the um, lo- like the location domains or the national ones. So .ca, for example, if you're a Canadian photographer, maybe you choose to do .ca because people will trust it more because they know you're in Canada. Um, I don't find that's really an issue so much for photographers, maybe for local businesses or um, like ND, like something like ND. Okay. It would be more obvious that it was Canadian right. if it was .ca. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not really necessary anymore. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. Who cares? <laughs> so when I worked at the insurance company, one of the struggles that we had, and I did win this argument, they wanted to shorten their domain address to something that none of their clients nor future clients would recognize because they thought it was more important that their domain address be short than, um, recognizable. So we ended up just going with the name. Mm-hmm. And the ar- my argument was, you know, your clients are smart. They know how to spell your name. Mm-hmm. They do not know what the acronym exactly. is. You're the only people who know what the acronym is. So forget that acronym. Just go with your full name. Absolutely. <laughs> Completely agreed. I mean, if you're lucky enough to be Apple and own Apple.com or an Apple.ca, good for mm-hmm. you, right? You would think that the word Apple would referred to fruit, you know, so if somebody went to apple.com, it'd be a website about apples, but it's a brand website. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like a company like Sony or uh, HP or kind of Volvo, Ford, these, these are, these are namesakes, you know, they're not, they're not physical items, but so if you're lucky enough to have to, to be able to do that, great. But there are there are companies out there that are doing amazing traffic with just you know like a funny funny name maybe it's even hyphenated. The truth is that people yeah. do Google you know I mean <laughs> they they Google, they Google your, your name. name and I I too have seen yep. people um, not even realize that their Safari or Internet Explorer or whatever their their address bar is actually a Google search bar. So they'll actually type in mm-hmm. Google in there, hit enter, and then go as far. <laughs> this gets better. You know what would be amazing to see is the Google Analytics for Google. Yes, I'd love to see that. But this gets better. So they go into the address bar and they type in, they type in Google.com. And then when Google pops up, they yeah. go into the Google search bar and they type in SophiaLemon.com. And yeah. it's like... Oh, I wish I could educate you a little bit more or, you know, just use your brain. But 
Or my another favorite thing is when people start typing your name and they've been to the website before, right? So they're like Lux, the luxphoto.co. So they're like LU and the name pops up and it's already up there. So all they have to do is hit enter. And they, they keep, keep typing. typing. And as they type, they <laughs> screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, <laughs> um, but actually, Google will fix that for yeah, you. Yeah, so that's the cool that's part, good. right? It's so easy now to get to website. It's it, websites. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Basically, the moral of the story is you want to have a good, solid website with awesome images. You want to have good text that is appealing to your target market, and you want to have contact forums that are easily accessible Absolutely. and easily yeah, my recommendation out. is uh you know start with a solid hosting account like bluehost i'll even i'll even share a link because i know i have referral links for that cut the price from eight dollars to three dollars a month um so i can actually refer people to it which would be great okay well maybe i'll share yeah. mine as well um and then um on that note, too, after you uh, get a good hosting account, you know, install WordPress, get a get a decent WordPress template. Now, the template is a one-time purchase. So spend $60 US if you have to. That's typically the yeah. average price for a really good template is about $60 US. Yep. And they're yeah. updated regularly and they have support. Exactly. Now, when you look at how many people bought that template, don't be brainwashed by, oh, well, 30,000 people bought this template. That means 30,000 people have the same website. Not true. That means 30,000 yeah, no, people have no. the same foundation, but, you know, the same framework, yeah, perhaps. they're totally customizable. You, you, your images, your yeah. your branding makes the same website look completely different, you know. Um, moving forward, blog. Do blog. Even if you're just kind of starting out, blog about it like do a post once a mm -hmm. week tell people who you are what you're about um include killer images and i'm talking about images with yeah. impact try try to yeah i was just gonna say try to stay away from i provide portrait photography yeah. everyone needs a portrait everyone needs a family portrait you need a family portrait because life doesn't last <laughs> forever and you need to remember these memories don't do yeah. that kind of blog post so i um, try to solve Definitely. a problem for them, yeah. like give them something of value. What I like to tell people is, yeah. you know, blog uh, from a perspective of a very interesting person you would like to be friends with. Um, you know, like mm. if you met yourself at a party, would you want to be friends with yourself, right? <laughs> I, would, I would probably dislike well, myself Well, maybe you need much. to blog better than Sophia. <laughs> I could, I could see, I could see myself getting in an argument with myself and it just. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it must be the ginger Not thing. Not going you know, well. You see another ginger, you're like, I can't be friends. It's the temperamental argumentative <laughs> thing. True, perhaps. And. So moving forward, do not clutter your website with multiple levels of, you know, menus. Um. Try to be, try yeah. to have, you know, don't, don't have a portfolio page and then have like seven sub menus. I, I'd rather, yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't need, need to it. do that. Exactly. Less is more. Same with your galleries. Um, so uh, update your galleries once in a while too. Like don't, don't let them go stale. Um, I do know for a fact that in larger cities like London, maybe even the greater Toronto area, um, there are brides to be that 
kind of surf your website for over a year before they actually book you simply for the mm -hmm. fact that they're shopping for when their fiance asks them to marry them. So they're not even engaged <laughs> yet, but they've already picked out their wedding photographer. So if you're a wedding photographer, use this as an example. If your website goes stale, these people will move on and you will yep. lose a very small but somewhat important um, client. The reason I say that they're important is this. These people become your ambassadors. These are the people who will mm -hmm. consider themselves an expert at wedding photographers. So when their immediate family and well. friends get married... <laughs> These are the people that they'll turn to. They'll be like, oh, yeah, well, Rachel's been researching wedding photographers for two years and Jared hasn't even proposed to her. You know, <laughs> hey, who did you find? Whatever. Stupid, Stupid Jared. Jared. Get on it, Jared. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> uh, Rachel and Jared, if you're out there listening, we're really sorry. We didn't know you even existed. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably Hoping already married to. because Jared is, is smart. Yeah. <laughs> be like Jared. Um, <laughs> So, but it's true. I, I recently met some a real estate agent who, um, well, it wasn't that recent. It was two years ago, um, who started hiring me. And I mean, I travel for an hour to two hours for him sometimes because he pays me and he, mm -hmm. I, I love him. He loves my work. And we're, we're a great match. But what really solidified our relationship was the fact that his wife has been following me for about seven years on Instagram and Facebook and everything. So she actually knew who I was. So when he was like, oh, I'm going to hire Petrova, she's like, oh, he's good. You should hire him. He's like, what do you know about this? <laughs> <laughs> then get this, uh, the place where we buy food for Tank, uh, for our dog, uh, he's on a raw food diet. So we drive across town. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> we drive across town to get it. What I know, a diva. Totally is. And when when I met this individual, I had a little conversation with him. We talked, talked to him for like 20 to 30 minutes just about business, about, you know, being happy that he's in the city. And I, whatever we talked about didn't matter. When he found out I was a photographer, he the next time he told his wife, like, oh, you know what? This guy came in. He's a photographer. He's a business owner. He was really excited that we're in town. And he mentioned my name. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know him. He's from Lux Photography. Turns out... Same thing, she follows him. And the reason she follows me was because she's been, well, the, their wedding's coming up this year, right? So for the mm -hmm. last two years, she's been kind of surfing this, the scene, if you will. And these, these are important people. I mean, mm -hmm. they're not going to make up a huge portion of your client base, but these are the people who will talk about you a lot. So stay relevant for everybody, right? But the majority of the clients, they find you, they book you, they move on. Right. That, that's about it. So yep. um, having said all that, I will tell you my secret, my dirty little secret. I have very few images up and I do not update regularly on purpose. The reason is because we actually do targeted Facebook ads. And when people see our work, they like it enough to call us and say, we would like to see more. And the formula works for us, but this doesn't work for everybody because people have contacted me in the past and they're like, no, this doesn't work for me. Nobody wants to contact me. <laughs> but we're the all the inquiries we're getting is from people who say, we, we like what we see, but do you have more photos we can look at? At what at what point at that point, what I say is yes, come in, we'll meet with you, 
I'll show you the product and I'll show you the photos. And for me, that's the more important thing because once they come in, I'm basically telling them, you know, here's a contract sign with me, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <clears throat> I'm trying to meet with a client and this, this has been working for me, but I'll be honest with you, this is not going to work for you. It, I just got extremely lucky, really, really lucky. And perhaps because I've sort of been building a brand now. And at the very beginning, I, this is the formula that I was using. I was blogging a lot. I was updating the website a lot. I was doing a lot, you know, SEO and things like that. And funny thing is, uh, when I asked you earlier what SEO stands for, uh, there's a there's a funny joke that I kind of say, and it's SEO really stands for something everyone overlooks. Because, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, because... It, it, it really is. Um, we do tend to ignore it once, you know, once you get the foundation built, you, you kind of just leave it, leave it as is, but do pay attention to it. Just make sure you're doing it right. And that will ensure that you're doing it well. On that note, um, I don't have anything further. If you wanted to add anything else, Sophia, be my guest. I think that's about it. Yeah. I think, I think, think it would be a good idea for you guys who are just starting out your website if you are in our um facebook yeah. community to yeah, ask definitely questions definitely come and join the facebook group uh, double exposure show group and uh for this entire episode show notes you can actually find them on double exposure dot show slash episodes slash 30 um please if you really like us give us a five-star review on itunes we would love to hear from you um even give us a rating on our Facebook page. I think we're, I think we're doing that. I don't know. We should do that if we're not. Um, <laughs> let's look into that. And uh, of course, I want to thank Ben Sound for our soundtrack and Benjamin Edward for our beautiful artwork. And uh, on that, we are going to end. All right. Yay. Until next week. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>